Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Well, it's great to be back with you folks on this 143rd podcast and Job's understanding of God. Now, yesterday's podcast was unbelievable to us. We, uh, excuse me, we took about an hour and 40 minutes to record yesterday's podcast. It didn't matter what we did, stuff went wrong, man. The sound was off, everything was upside down, the devil was hating it, Zoom stopped working, we tried to use the phone, my bank called to see if anybody was stealing money from me. I mean, it just went crazy and my phone was shut off. (laughs) So we know that God just hates these podcasts about Job, but you know what, we're gonna keep on going. And uh, we're really excited about today's subject and Job's understanding of God. Job's understanding of God is he doesn't understand God. And uh, nobody can. It's impossible. It's inscrutable. And and uh, that was that theology term we talked about yesterday. And now, uh, over to Stephanie. How are you this morning? Doug, I am learning patience, so yeah. doing pretty well. And we are both learning patience. And, and we're not, unfortunately, <laughs> Zoom shut down on Stephanie and her computer's rebooting. So we're not looking at each other anymore. So you may hear the old-fashioned single during this podcast, yeah, yeah, which is the same as saying <laughs> stop talking. But anyway, as we continue to go, we're on. Uh, uh, we had to go. We had to revert back to that old-fashioned single. Uh, but anyway, here we are. We're in verse number twenty-one. Though I were perfect, yet I not know my soul. I would despise my life. This is one thing, therefore I said it. He destroyeth the perfect and the wicked. If the scourge slay suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? And I want you to know that in these verses, he's talking about Bildad over here, the Shuhite, who was the knucklehead. He's not talking about God. So I wanted to say that real quick as we're going through this. Now my days are swifter than a post. (laughs) They flee away, they see no good. They are passed away as the swift ships, as the eagle that hasteth to the prey. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou will not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself Uh, with snow, water, and I make my hands never so clean, yet shall thou plunge me in the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him. We should come together in judgment. Neither is there any day's man betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take this rod away from me, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. And I tried to read that slowly and methodical, but he he went from talking about the attributes. Remember, he's talking to Bildad here. And, and he went from talking about the attributes of God that he saw, this inscrutable, this invincible, this, this powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, beyond our understanding, impossible to understand who he is. That's what's all going on here. And, and we get to the place, I think Job's shown himself pretty humble here, uh, Stephanie. I think Job's in one of those places where he's showing a ton of humility. He's, 
he's he's going on. Now, what comes to your mind when you just heard what we finished reading there? Well, I think Job is, like I had said at the end of last session, Job had reached a point, I believe, of depression and um, pessimism, which um, is very normal. You know, he had just been through literally everything in his life had fallen apart. And, um, and now he has his friends coming to him saying, you're in sin, get right with God. And so he, he's dealing with all of this going on. And I think that, um, Job is just saying here, it doesn't matter what I do, life's bad. Um, you know, he says, if I try to think good, he says, if I say, I will forget my complaints, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. I am afraid of all of my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. Um, yeah. And it's just literally like he's at the point of, you know, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me into the ditch and my own clothes shall abhor me. I and mean, he literally is at that point, he's drowning. Yeah, and he's... I think Job had reached the point of complete despair. He saw no light at the end of the tunnel. He saw nothing, felt nothing but utter hopelessness and darkness. He did. And, and, you know, one of the things that he points out there, and I think we it, it bears well to look at these verses, but one of the things that grabbed my attention a minute ago is uh, uh, him talking about no mediator. You know, there's no one, yeah. uh, for there is not a man as I am that should answer him. And, and, and you know, we have Christ today. We're in, we're in the age yes. of Christ. There, there's someone between us and Almighty God, and, and Christ is Almighty God. Don't get me wrong. But we have this wonderful grace that God has given us and uh, that we can go to Christ as our mediator, that we can go to that person. But, yes. you know, over and over again, Stephanie, when, when he went on there and he talked about his clothes, I mean, isn't that something when he mentioned his clothes there, that his clothes abhor him? And, uh, yeah. you know, abhor is something that's greater than hate. It's, a, it's this yeah. term that in the English language, it's the worst term you can say about something. And, and I mean, this yeah. dude's saying, my clothes abhor me. And, uh, I mean, that's a pretty massive statement to make right there. And, and uh, yeah. did you feel that way when you called me and said, I'm drowning? I mean, did you feel like... Uh, uh, so going back, folks, if you haven't been watching the podcast, if you haven't uh, been, I'm sorry, listening to the podcast or hearing from us. So back when Stephanie, you know, she lost her husband, she came home, she was dealing with PTSD and boom, out of the midst of that, she found out she had a handful of tumors on her liver. And uh, by the grace of God, they found out that they're not cancerous, they're not growing and join us in prayer for that. But I want to go back, Stephanie, to the day. The day you go into the doctor, the day of the tumors is what I call it, and uh, and and you called me and said I'm drowning. I mean, what what does that feel like? I mean, what, what did that? And I know that's a pretty complex question for you to try to answer in a few minutes, but I mean, what does that feel like right there? I think it feels like that. Like I said, when all you see, all you feel, all you're at that point of hopelessness of. God really does. I mean, I remember that day when I found out I had those tumors. Of I really honestly believed that God hated me that day. Mm. And I seriously believed that he was doing everything in his power to make my life as miserable as he possibly could. And that it was just a ticking time clock till 
he just and uh, just killed me. You know, it was just like he's drawing this out. He's making this as excruciatingly painful as he possibly can. But that's where this is going. And I seriously had lost all hope at that point. And I think that's where Job was here, um, where he didn't see any way out of this. Um, you know, it was almost like death wasn't a powerful enough way to escape it. He just wished for that he had never even existed. Well, I think it's, and, yeah, I think it's even more than that. He thinks he can't die. He's wanting yeah, to die. Like God's just torturing him. Yeah. And getting almost like God is this. I think Job had reached that point, And I remember being at this point, he literally viewed God. And there are still days I feel this way. Um, that I have to struggle with this, but I think he viewed God as this angry, um, irate, furious, fire-breathing God yeah, who was ready to pounce on him and almost was torturing him like a cat with a mouse of no matter what Job did at this point, he was his destruction was there, but he was having to live through it. He, there was no way to escape it. There was no way, no matter what he said to God, God was going to treat him um, with fury and with judgment and with anger because that's all Job saw right now. That's all he could view God as, and it wasn't that he. I don't. I don't sense that Job was angry with God. I don't sense here that he was. Um, I sense that he was at a point of broken hopelessness and there's yeah. a difference oh, no. between being yeah. angry and cursing God and being at that point of being so broken and so worn out and so traumatized that you've lost all sense of hope. Mm-hmm. I agree and with that's you. that's where I, I was, see Job being. Yeah, I was taking a sip of water there when you end. Every once in a while, Stephanie ends quick on me there while I'm taking a sip I'm of water. I'm sorry. No, I was great, man. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Hopelessness has got to be the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. No matter what causes that hopelessness, I believe it's the worst. And that's why we have hope in Jesus Christ. And, yeah. you, you know, we have hope in capital letters, big script, uh, you know, uh, 1,270,000 font. I mean, we have hope. And uh, we yeah. got we got hope uh, from Christ. The Bible teaches us that uh, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not will be, might be, uh, can be later. And uh, it's Job's dealing with, you know, he's hopeless. And you get to that hopeless place. You get to that place where uh, Stephanie uttered those words, I'm drowning. And uh, uh, to me, I mean, that's a that's a bad place to be. But until you, you know, when you get to that place and you can admit it, and you can admit that the only thing between you and total hopelessness is God. You win, friends. You win. When you realize it's God and you go to that God, he's a great God. And we remember we talked about some of those theological um, characteristics of God that Job had brought up while talking to old Bildad the Shuhite here. And uh, he went on to talk about, we remember in the beginning, he talked about uh, uh, that God was all-powerful, inscrutable, invincible, and then we talked about indiscriminate. And, but then sadly, Job goes on and talks about God being unpredictable. And I don't, I think God, this trial was unpredictable to Job, but God is not unpredictable. And, uh, and then I thought, I saw in 25 to 30, 31 ish, I saw uh, where he was talking about uh, God being unapproachable. And, and our God is not unapproachable. Our God is so great uh, that we have three of them. 
Uh, we believe in a triune or a trinity God. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And, and they all work together now during this age of grace to help us. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he, he indwells within our heart. He indwells within our heart, and uh, that's a pretty wonderful thing the Holy Spirit does. And, and then we have Christ, our mediator, that we can go to that comes in between of us. Some, some of you may be listening to this today and saying, why is it all about Christ with them? It's because God gave him to us as our mediator. Yeah. And that's the wonderful yeah. thing. And, but, you know, talking about God being unpredictable is the wrong thing. Uh, you know, trials are going to come. And, and, and what's that verse in James, Stephanie, where it talks about uh, diverse temptations and trials? Yeah. yeah. Is that like... Knowing this, yeah, he says the trying of your faith. Yeah. Work is patience, but let patience have a perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Whew. That's yeah. hard stuff right there. Yeah. Knowing that patience. these trials, maybe these trials are here because... We need more patience, maybe. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, I think most of the time it's to make us, I know it's to make us stronger, to make us better, to heal us, to, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, one of my cousins the other day on the phone. I haven't spoke with her. I don't remember the last time I saw her. It, it may have been like 1975 or seven, you know, uh, whenever my grandfather died and she's my first cousin's child. So my first cousin once removed and uh, she had spoke to my brother and, and then she called me and, and she said to me, she said, you don't seem as damaged as your brother. You know, we were born and raised in family with an abusive dad and all those types of things. But she made the comment, you don't seem as damaged. And, you know, I really didn't put much to that comment until today. And I'm glad she made that comment, by the way. That, uh, But I think, I think God takes damage away through trials. I think God makes us appreciate the flowers we see on the side of the road. I think God makes us appreciate those people we get to eat supper with, uh, those people we get to put to bed at night, those people we uh, get to have some influence on us. I, I, don't you think, uh, Stephanie, that's where all this is going to, is making yeah. us a better who we can be? Yeah. Well, and it's about God trying to obviously glorify himself in our lives, but it's a part of that, being transformed into his image and um when i think of what my savior went through the pain he went through to give me the hope of eternal life and the chance to know him in a personal way and to be able to call him my friend and my shepherd and yeah. my um savior and to be, be my all in all um, it's my reasonable service to be willing to go through that process of being transformed into his image. And yes, that involves sometimes a lot of pain. Yeah. But if my life is about glorifying him and living for him, then that brings you and helps you come to that point of surrender of saying, this life is not my own. I'm bought with a price. And like Paul said, therefore glorify God. Yeah in your heart and your spirit, which are God's. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I, I don't think Stephanie Wesco is who Stephanie Wesco is today without her trials. I believe God has used every minute of our lives. And, and you friends who are listening to us, this is real. I think God uses every bit of our life. I think God uses every bit of our testimony. I think God uses all of this for his glory. 
And, and sometimes to build a person or to shape a person, uh, you go through a little bit more than you want to go through. And to shape a person, you, you go through some really hard times. And, and you know, it, it's kind of hard to hear that, though, Stephanie, to hear that, you know, God is shaping us through these tough times in our life. But yeah. I, I believe it. I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I totally agree. This isn't, um, this isn't fun. And God equates the process of trials to so many different um, things in Scripture. You know, even Job um, talks about it um, in terms of being gold and um, the process that gold has to go through with the fire and the whole refining process and when we get closer to the end of the book of job he'll talk about when he hath tried me yeah. i shall come forth as gold and purify um, we're yeah. talked yes and we, we we hear it in terms of god being the potter and us being the clay yeah. and being shaped and formed and those impurities being worked out of us and the bottom line is i think we each person has to come to that point in the midst of the trial of surrender and that breaking point. And I don't mean breaking in a sense of, of an abusive kind of breaking, but the breaking of our will where we submit ourselves to the refiner. We submit ourselves to the potter and we say, God, I belong to you and I'm going to trust you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. You know what I'm reminded of is years ago I uh, so there was Army time, National Guard time, then a bunch of Army time, and I retired. But somewhere along the way, I tried to go to college full time. I got a job at a shipyard. That's where I met Debbie. And, uh, it was a great place to work because we met, got married. Uh, but I I'll tell you one of the things I learned about steel. So some in some cases at the shipyard, you know, most things are prefabbed. Uh, they built at a shipyard down the road and, and from Groton, Connecticut. I worked at Electric Boat and uh, people would work at, uh, I think it was Quonset Point in Rhode Island and things would be shipped to us. But once in a while, they would have to melt some steel and, and put it together. So, you know, a blacksmith takes that steel and he melts it. And, you know, when that steel starts boiling and uh, uh, they have to scrape the scum off the top of it. They have to literally go in there and scrape all the impurities from that steel. If you leave the impurities in there, you get these little holes like you have in a loaf of bread or you get these little things that are honest, strong, and, 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 and man, the steel's no good. But when you, when you keep on burning up that uh, steel and melting it and pouring it, and I learned a lot uh, about how steel works and how they make stainless steel and all these different things. But I never forgot when I was in class in the apprenticeship thing there or in my classes there, you have about a year that you still go through classes or two. But I remember they scrape, they teach you, they scrape all the scum off the top of that molten steel because the scum is the, uh, is the problem. It gets in the way. And I believe that's what God does with human beings. And, uh, yeah. and we should come forth as gold. There's nothing that's melted better than gold. There's nothing that's prettier to look at. There's nothing that can adorn you more. Uh, there's nothing that shines better 
uh, as a metal than gold. Obviously, we like diamonds better. But I, I mean, just to look at that analogy and to understand that what you're going through is that process where you're in a pot and you're boiling and God's scraping the negative junk off and God's scraping the, uh, the stuff off that makes us immature and God's scraping the stuff off uh, that makes us say the wrong things and God's scraping the things off that brings us to the wrong place and God's scraping the things off and uh, uh, that, that make us uh, human beings that are, are not worthy. And, uh, and, and this is what Job is going through. The, the greatest guy ever, the, you know, one of the best Christian, the best Christian in the land. And back then, obviously Christ hadn't come, but you know what I'm saying? The, the most godly man, the, the, the great guy that, that God gave permission for the testing. And, 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 and Job is going through that. He's going through the scraping and it hurts. And that's why he's saying all these things. And, you know, when, when that pot's boiling, Stephanie, and, and God's scraping away on us, I mean, that doesn't feel good. No. And, no. Uh, and it goes against everything we're taught on this earth. And, and uh, so just speaking, we got a couple minutes left here, Stephanie. And, and uh, I know I always ask you the hard questions right at the end after we go through this elaborate verse reading. <laughs> we, we both take turns and then I throw a bunch of theology back into the picture. Uh, but when the scraping's all done, Stephanie, I mean, what was it like when you picked up the phone and counseled that first lady whose life was upside down? Well, I think... Um... I've used, I've said before, Ecclesiastes three, um, some verses there become very precious where, where Solomon talks about the fact that God makes everything beautiful in his time. And we're going to see that in the life of Job. And, um, you know, in the midst of beginning counseling with ladies and having, um, having ladies say, maybe you can't understand what this feels like but and then giving their their scenario of what they're dealing with and no no human can fully understand what another human is going through um, because each person is different each makeup is different no two scenarios are ever exactly alike and so I will never say to you I know exactly what you're going through because I've had that said to me and you you want to honestly roll your eyes and say really <laughs> because no, you don't. And I know the only person who understands exactly what I'm going through is my savior. But to be able to have ladies to sit down with them, to be able to cry with them, to be able to, as I talk to them, have the Holy spirit of God say to me, this is why. Yeah. Man. And that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make it, no. Even sometimes in the midst of it, I'll be working with a lady and inside I'm in the midst of a battle saying, but God, I really don't want to know what this pain is like. I really don't want to be able to relate to her right now. But then God says, but who do you belong to? Yeah. And what's the purpose for your life? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, God, then that makes it okay. That yeah. makes it worth yeah. it. And so um, God's going to bring Job to that point. Yeah, he's getting there. He's he's getting real close. Yeah. And, uh, and I think with this 143rd podcast, with Job's understanding of God here, or starting to understand God, I think there's so much we can see. But remember, folks, we're in a process. God's scraping yeah. away. He's getting rid of that junk in us. He's, he's taking it away so we can serve him better. He's taking it away so we can be better human beings. He's taking it away 
we got to get that scum out of our lives. And friends, sometimes that takes trials. Listen, we sure do love you folks. And uh, we're thankful that you would take time to listen to us. I just got a few words for you right here. And we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believing in a heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com. Come.